Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome, friends. The book of James has been an encouraging and challenging study. You know, Walt and I, I have to admit, I kind of feel a little sad that we're coming to the end of the book of James. It's been very rich, a rich study, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, as brothers and sisters in Christ, um, we don't want to become stagnant. We don't get want to get stale, and we don't want to fall away from the Lord. And rather, it's our heart's desire to grow and really to experience a vibrant walk with God. And this study has reminded me of the importance of returning to this book again and again. Uh, one of the good reasons why we should try to read through God's Word, the entire Bible, each year, because we need to come back to these pages. Remember, this book of James actually begins with God's perspective. Believers, in the time of trials and testing, what happens? Well, we see that those trials, those times of testing, will produce endurance and maturity in each of our lives. That's from James 1, verses 3 and 4. It will require God's wisdom in our lives. That's James 1, 5 and 6, which then will result with God's approval and a reward from James 1.12. Just those first 12 verses uh, were amazing in our early study. Yeah. Well, today we're going to conclude, which just seems crazy that we're coming to the end of this book, James 5.13-20. to 20. And in these verses, he's going to give us the active ingredient for believers living in a world filled with filled with sin and brokenness. We look all around us, right? It's evident. But let's begin now in verses 13 and 14. Are any of you suffering hardships? You know, friends, are you hurting? Well, James says you should pray. Are any of you happy? Are you rejoicing? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders, those leaders of the church, to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And I know we've had in the past, well, uh, the opportunity to go and pray with people um, when they're facing hard times. They've been sick. They've been suffering. We've been able to pray. But we've also had leaders of the church come and pray over us and And that truly is a wonderful time within the body of Christ. And we are involved in our local church, and we have continued to have that opportunity to pray with people. Um, We stand with one another. We pray for one another. We pray with one another. And that whole idea of not only the praying, but then the rejoicing, the praising, um, coming together, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. And, you know, just even this week, I was, I was talking with you about some of the different folks I've talked with this week and some of the things that are going on in their lives. And again, 
uh, people that are struggling personally with um, with deep, deep struggles within their family, with friends, uh, people that are personally struggling with with deep um, medical issues, and and in the midst of that, um, I sometimes say I don't, I'm not even sure what to tell them, but I know that I can always do this. I can always say we can pray, and and this week I was just um, caught up by um, Jesus when he was with people that were um, troubled in Matthew nine verses thirty six to thirty eight. Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's getting ready to send them out with authority. And as he does that, he he says this, And when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the, the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. You know, when Jesus saw these people who are harassed and, and helpless, they're hurting, they're confused, they're messy. When Jesus saw them, um, and, and when I see them, if I'm not careful, my response is so different. My response is like, what's wrong with those people? Look at them. Um, instead, Jesus saw them and, and said, they don't have a shepherd. They're just wandering around doing their own thing. They're in danger. They're scared. They're afraid. They are lashing out with anger. These people need help. And he says, and this is what you need to do. You need to pray to the Lord earnestly. And that's what even the book of James continues in verse 15 of chapter 5. And the prayer of faith will save one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, those will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And even I can't even read that about confessing your sins without always going back to one of the first verses um, I memorized as a new believer now almost 45 years ago. It was First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, then he, God, is faithful, and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's one of the great promises of the Bible for, for followers of Christ. But we have to confess our sins. First of all, we have to get right with God, but then also we need to confess our sins to one another. And I'm reminded of a famous quote of, a, of an old-time preacher, Henry Ironside, and he said this about when we confess to one another— he said the confession should be as public as the knowledge of the sin. And and even as I get to this point, I, I'm I'm my head to heart really has been striking me even in the last ten days. Um and I'm I'm just gonna ask you something that I've asked myself. Do you have someone in your life that you meet with regularly? that you talk with consistently um, that for accountability encouragement. Someone who you know, they have your best interests at heart, but you also know that they will speak the truth in love. They, they won't just tell you what you want to hear. They, they will tell you what you need to hear, what you ought to hear. Um, this is a person you can come and you can confess your sins to and you can pray with and you can praise the Lord together. And we recommend that you have someone like that. For for me, of course, it's my wife in many instances, but it's also there's a God has brought a godly older man into my life recently. Um, and this guy, I, I just know that I can share my heart with him, and he, we are sharing our hearts with each other, and we're praying with each other and for each other. 
And if it's not a spouse, we, we recommend that the biblical model is that women should share their hearts with women and that men should share their hearts with, with men because this kind of relationship is deep and, and it can be very emotional. It can be rewarding, but, but you need to be careful about that. But every one of us, every one of us needs to have at least one of those people in our life. Yeah. And as you, you know, you share that well, and I just think of the last, even the last month or more, um, some different conversations women have called me who I, I know from, past ministry locations in our life. Um, but I've had several different women call me, you know, check on how I'm doing, how we're doing. And, um, and then they have said, before I get off the phone, Brenda, I want to pray for you today. And um, just even thinking about that just wells up the emotion in me that that someone calls and actually prays with you. Yeah, and that's that heart connection. And we have tried to regularly talk about that head to heart. Um, When we pray, we share our hearts. When we pray, we go deeper. And we might share our thoughts with a lot of people, but we don't always share our hearts with it with individuals and and that is a, an emotional time that is it touches a deep part of us and god knows it he made us that way and that's why he says james is is telling us this is important this is part of god's healing growing process this mm. isn't optional this right. is something that every believer needs to experience and we participate and, and it's precious when we are doing that with sisters, with brothers in the faith. So we just in summary of where we've come in these first verses today, you know, if you're suffering, if you're in a, the midst of a trial or um, just a really difficult, hard time, James says, pray, um, pray, pray yourself to the Lord, certainly pour your heart out to him and turn to his word, but but that others would come around you. Um, if you're rejoicing, if you're glad and your f- heart is filled with joy and happiness, he says, sing praises. Um, put on that praise music, and maybe it's a dance to the Lord. Um, it's praising him. And then for those who are sick, call on your elders, call on your leaders at church and have them come and pray over you, have them pray with you. And and that verse, um, this portion, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. That's verse 16 here in chapter five this week. And I'd like you to just listen as I read this portion of scripture from the translation, the message. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. You know, when we pray for each other and we're confessing our sins and we're praying together, I just love this, these words here in the message. So you can live together whole and healed. Relationships are hard. Relationships can be tricky. We, we misunderstand each other. But when we come together in prayer, just the unity that of our knitting hearts together and coming together in that way. And you know, um, I just think of a personal example. I was blessed to have a godly grandmother 
not perfect, but Grammy Ekman's heart's desire was to live right with God. She was a mighty prayer warrior. She prayed for all of us, her family, but well, you know, she prayed for you. She she knew that you needed Jesus back yeah. in your high school years. Yeah, she was praying for me before uh, I I was a believer. Before, I, of course, years before I became a believer, and then later on dated you. She knew I was a mess, and and she she got in my face and she says, "I am going to pray for God that He would get hold of you." And and years later, probably six or seven years later, I became a believer, and then four years after that. Um, we did ministry together, and, and the rest, as they say, is history. So, and we know that you know that that prayer is strong. You know, sixteen says it: the prayer of a righteous person has great power. And so, when we pray together as spouses, as woman to woman, man to man, coming together, as Walt has said today, our hearts are knit together, and the Lord reminds us to pray for others. We can invest times of prayer for those who are hurting, struggling, or facing great discouragement in their life. And we can praise the Lord for the victories, the gifts, and the spiritual blessings that he gives to one another. This is an amazing privilege to stand in prayer with each other. And you know, I'm reminded right um, we were talking about this, but probably now 20 years ago, there's a man named Rick that the Lord brought into my life. And Rick uh, challenged me. He said, well, do you pray with your wife every day? And I said, oh, we pray a lot. And I mean, yeah, we pray. He said, no, every day. And he said, well, not every day. And he challenged me. He said, well, he said, you need to pray with your wife every day because you need your relationship with God to be first, but your relationship with your wife needs to be a priority and others need to see that, but you need that. And, and really that challenge now 20 years ago that Rick challenged me with, I'm now challenged probably hundreds of men and just said, in the midst of your struggles, in the midst of your difficulties in your marriage, but so that you don't have those difficulties, pray. And I love as the text continues here in James, he gives a personal illustration, sort of like Rick was to me, but James gives an illustration that everyone that reads this that would have understood from the Old Testament. He said this in verses 18 and 19, he says, Elijah, the prophet Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. He, he wasn't a superman. He, he was like us. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And then he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. And, and make no mistake, this Elijah had um, authority from God. It was God's power that brought this about. God is the creator. God watches over heavens and earth. But he gives to his followers amazing power in, in just the power of prayer. And, and, and James wants us to realize Elijah was a, a man with a nature just like us. He struggled. As a matter of fact, it, later on in his ministry, he became depressed and he ran away from his ministry for a time period. And if you go to the book of First Kings, starting with verse chapter 17, you'll see that. I mean, Elijah was someone like us, and yet because he was listening to God, 
God because he was acting as his ambassador. He had great authority. And, and because of that, he could pray with power. And so can you. And so can I. That, that might not mean God has called us to pray about the rain either coming or stopping, but, but, but God has called us to, to be ambassadors for him. He's called us to pray earnestly to him about the harvest that's out there, about hurting other people, about people that are, that are, that are struggling and suffering. We're to be in prayer for all those situations. Yeah. And I love that story of Elijah. You know, when we're in Israel, we always focus on Elijah one up on Mount Carmel and right. we talk about there. And of course, where he met King Ahab there on the the plain of Jezreel. And then we touch on Elijah again when we're down in the south at Beersheba. And um, just love, love this man. He was a man. Uh, I love that in verse 17, with a no- nature like ours. He was a human man, but he was a fervent prayer warrior. And that's a wonderful message for each of us to hear today, I believe. Well, as we conclude here in chapter 5, my dear brothers and sisters, remember James throughout this whole book has continued, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. It's interesting to me that James ends here, Walt, that he's got that call as brothers and sisters, but he seems to be saying, let's keep the family together. You know, let's stay united. Let's be brothers and sisters. And you need to care about someone who might be wandering away. Yeah, and, and it's really a warning. He he's, he's challenging us, care about those people, but he's also warning, you know, when if they continue on the sin, it reminds me of, of, of the Apostle Paul writing in, in 1 Corinthians when, when p- brothers are, are abusing the Lord's table and he says, this is not good that, that he who eats and drinks will eat and drink judgment on himself. And that's why many of you are weak and ill and some of you have died. He's saying, this is, we're connected. Our, our body, our soul, our spirit, we're connected. And, and if you're not keeping a regular account and you're not getting right with others, there are consequences. There, there, there is sowing and reaping. Well, even as we get to this part, I, I, I know that's a little bit of a downer as we're coming to the conclusion, but it's a warning that he repeats. Um, I love the book of Jude where it says, and you must show mercy on those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them out of the flames of judgment. Show mercy on still others, but do it with great caution, hating the sin that contaminates their life. And that should be our passion. People are hurting and lost. And part of our challenge and the, the concluding challenge of James is you need to pray. You need to be, we need to be people of prayer because this world is lost. This world is in deep need of prayer. And so are we. Well, brothers, let's close this chapter with a, a word of prayer. That's exactly what James exhorts us to do. Let me pray. 
So, Father, there are people listening now um, in 49 different countries, and I, I have to believe that there are people out there suffering, suffering through all different kinds of things. Uh, Lord, there are people out there who are sick, and they don't know what to do, but you said we can always pray. We can always pray to you. We can always pray with one another. We can pray, and we must pray for one another, and Lord, that concern for one another. The, the concern should stir our hearts to action. It should stir our hearts that when we see someone falling into sin, uh, we we try to the best of our ability with the strength of the Spirit of God to, to speak into their life and, and to call them back from their sin. And so, Father, we thank you for this wonderful book that James has penned that you intended to challenge us in practical ways to live a life that's, that is pleasing to you and it is good for us. Well, friends, we have been doing this podcast, Walk with God, for a little over two years. We have thousands of listeners in 49 countries, and Walt and I are just amazed at uh, what God's doing through the podcast and just what we offer in teaching God's Word. So we just want to let you know our new season is going to be entitled Living Water. You know, there are over 620 references to water in the Bible, beginning in Genesis 1 and going through to Revelation. I love this verse from John 4, verse 14, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Water is important in God's word. He uses it as a beautiful picture. So join us as we begin a new season, Living Water. And it's our prayer, Lord, that in the midst of applying your word to our life, that we would continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.